calling this one Sock the Mox. You like that? I do like that. Or is that lame? No, that's good. Okay. Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. Illinois shuts out Chattanooga 31 to nothing. The first shutout for the Orange and Blue since 2015. They are now... 3-0 and in non-conference play. That hasn't happened since 2011. 3-1 for the first time since 2015. Brett Bielema says afterwards they are doing things they have not done in a long time, which is accurate. They should be 4-0, <laughs> but they're not. Doesn't one matter. drive away. Right there. A couple turnovers away. Even one turnover away yeah. should be 4-0. But that's in the past. You could still, still sense, though, in the post-game press conference, Brett yeah. Bielema goes, uh, I'd like to be 4-0. Oh, and when, <laughs> you know when, he, when he said that. You know that still rubs the wrong that way. Stings. Brett Barron's here along with Andy Olson and Bryce Beeman. We are recapping this Thursday night lights game, the first one in Memorial Stadium history. The defense showed out. Chase Brown continues to be the leading running back in the country. Crazy what he's doing. A star in our midst. Tommy DeVito, a great game. Bryce, the biggest thing that stands out to you from this is what? Well, obviously Chase Brown um, just continuing to make history for Illinois, but also Tommy DeVito passing. I mean, we a lot of their game has been getting the ball to Chase Brown the last three games. So for him to have a little bit more passing, we saw a little bit more in Virginia. It was a little bit more equal. It was like about 200 yards, both passing and rushing. But I thought it was cool to see him throw the ball a little bit more and get some more people some reps. Pat Bryant had a great game. I would say that. So that was, I think, a record game for him for his career. So um, I would say those are some big points. And obviously defense, but we can go into that in a second if you want. But obviously the defense, there's a lot to talk about with them. But I thought from the offensive standpoint, I thought that was a – some big points there. Tommy DeVito, 23 for 31 for 329. He had 249 at half. Three touchdowns for the Syracuse transfer. Chase Brown, 20 attempts for 108 yards. And that touchdown hasn't had a lot of scores this season, Andy. No. But he's the first running back in program history, which dates out more than 120 years, to have five straight games of 100-plus yards. I mean, we are witnessing. Is that good? What, I hear that's not bad. Let's yeah. put it that way. We're truly witnessing one of the best backs in not only the Big Ten in the country and in program history. Our friend Robert Rosenthal has now done this two weeks in a row. Friend of the program. R- friend of the program uh, from AlaniBoard.com. Uh, he's he has tweeted out the ranking of rushing leaders for Illinois football uh, every year since 2010. I believe the top is the 1600 yard season by. Since uh, 2010, it'd be uh, Donovan Mikhail LaShore. Mikhail LaShore, sorry. Yeah. Mikhail LaShore has the top. Centennial's prime. That's right. Last week, Chase Brown, through three games, was not last. That would be 2017 when Mike Epstein was there. After four games, he's not second to last either. He's hopped another. Through four games, Chase Brown over 500 yards. Already one of the better rushing leaders since 2010 for Illinois. A, a program that has a long history of of, of proud running backs. Uh, today, he passed Red Grange for the all time on the all time list. He's up to sixteen, uh, which is crazy to think about how far he's come since fourteen he, now. He's fourteen. Fourteenth uh, after the in game. program history. Yeah, two thousand one hundred and sixty seven yards passes is John Karras and Chubby Phillips. Everyone loves Chubby Phillips back in nineteen seventy three. Guy, and then of course uh, the Galloping Ghost, Red Grange, seventeenth yeah. all time. He is 
plotting his course up there to be a top 10 running back yeah, all time. Yeah, like, ha- there's no way you could have expected this out of Chase uh, from when he transferred in from Western Michigan. I mean, everyone just talked about him at the time as being Sidney Brown's brother. He was still behind Mike Epstein at the time. I believe his redshirt – yeah, I was saying he was, yep. his redshirt year he shared with Reggie Corman as well as Dre Brown – uh, 2020, he wasn't even the main back, and you know now here he is. He's going to be an NFL draft pick yeah. come next year. Think about this: he is 604 yards after tonight's game. He had 1,005 last yeah. year in essentially nine games. He, he was hurt, missed some time last sure, year, yeah. Yeah. so he ran for 1,005 in nine, averaged 100.5 yards per game in in essentially nine games. Mm-hmm. This year, through four, he's got 604. Wild. I mean, it's it's incredible, and what he's able to do in carrying this team and the load. But Bryce, like you mentioned, to me, even as impressive as Chase was tonight, and he could have run for a lot more yards. Mm-hmm. They they really limited his carries in the second half. But for me, it was Tommy DeVito because yeah. he was efficient, twenty three for thirty one, completing seventy four percent of his passes, hundred ninety five rating, uh, no picks, three twenty nine. But the 249 in the first half, he just commanded what they wanted to do. And I understand that a lot of it is the the quick passes. They're trying to get guys in space. But it's working. Tony Peterson couldn't do that last year. This could have been a whole lot more had there not been a holding call on Brian Hightower. When I had the perfect shot. (laughs) I was shooting video for the game tonight. I had the perfect shot of that one. So That's really what it's all about is how how well we shoot the game. (laughs) At least it is for me. Uh, But that could have been a whole lot more. Ends up with two receivers, though, with 100-plus yards. Uh, You know, Isaiah Williams, 103. And Pat Bryant goes for 112. Uh, Pat, quiet second half. He had 104 at halftime. Yeah. Come on, Pat. Hold up your end of the deal there. Uh, But for me... Tommy DeVito was more more impressive tonight even than Chase Brown. Yeah, we've never seen him throw that much in a game yet here no, at Illinois. Here. So it's like, it's nice to see him just, I mean, he threw, uh, Isaiah Williams was a 63-yard uh, throw there, wasn't it? I, I was outside yeah. at the time, but from what I saw, from what I heard, I was listening to the intercoms and from <laughs> watching stats on my phone because that's a go live. But, um, but yeah, but I mean, that's a great throw. I, lo- I mean, that's exciting to see. 500-plus yards of offense for the Illini. First time that's happened in a long time. DeVito, the first Illini quarterback with more than 300 yards passing since Brandon Peters and that Michigan State game. Okay. I was at, I was looking Sparty. up this stat, and I was going right to guess. there for you. Yeah. My guess was uh, Nebraska 2020, but and, mi- that yeah. Michigan State game makes sense. And Chase ran all over um, mm-hmm. that game. Were you at that game, North Nebraska? Not 2020, Nebraska. Okay. That was Marley. I think yeah. that was Marley at that game. Mm-hmm. Um and that was like the one outlier in 2020. 2020 they played incredible at Nebraska and then mm-hmm. were terrible yeah. uh, the rest of that season. And so, look, this is a, a complete performance. And for me, guys, it's a, a game and a moment that Illinois just took care of business like mm-hmm. they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't predict a shutout. I said 28-6. That's where I kind of thought this would mm-hmm. fall. Now, you guys were pretty close to that on the pregame I show, right? I said 34-6. Okay. Jeremy said 31-9. So split the difference. We were each about... Yeah, I think we were all in that kind of general Mm. vicinity. I wouldn't have expected them to to pitch a shutout, which is great for the defense, but like this was the the performance, I guess you could say, that Illinois was supposed to have. But we haven't seen that. Like, uh, you know, you don't want to take it for granted because it's an FCS team, but like 
yes, Illinois is 18 or no now against FCS teams all time or one double A, but like mm-hmm. we, we've seen Illinois not play well in yeah. these moments. I or, mean, we're yeah. in these games against group of five. They haven't been able to just do what they're expected to do and take care of business in the past. Brett, you've seen a lot more Illinois football than I have. Um, a lot of bad football. Yeah, not not great football. But if you think about UTSA last year, uh, they didn't play an FCS team last year. Uh, so that UTSA, you know, group of five game, I know they played Charlotte uh, and they won that one. But UTSA, as good as they were last year, Illinois should have beat. They didn't get the job done. And you fast forward to this year, and the biggest reaction that I have to this game is the fact that they did everything they were supposed to. Jeremy and I talked in the pregame show about how uh, they can't shoot themselves in the foot in this game if they were going to come out with the win. And that's, you know, not certain. I, we, you said, we all know Illinois has not lost to an FCS or 1AA team in history. But we know it's possible. Southern Illinois goes to be Northwestern. Iowa almost My loses. Salute. There you go. <laughs> go dogs. Go dogs. Uh, say, <laughs> saying that I know roll, roll, birds. roll birds too. We got some, we got a lot of MVC ties right. in here. Uh, Bryce too. Bryce as well. Indiana State for a little bit. For a little bit. For years. Anyways, let's get back on topic. Uh, <laughs> it can happen, and you know if a team was going to do it, Chattanooga is a good enough team to do it. They they are really good. They have enough playmakers on that team, uh, and, and they're probably going to go far in the FCS playoffs. But Illinois looked so poised out there. I don't even remember if they were flagged for very many penalties. There's the holding on the Pat Bryant call, but I don't really remember anything besides that. No false starts, no holdings on the offensive line after that. They just played a really clean game, which is exactly what you need to do to win 31 nothing against an FCS team where it doesn't even look like the other team is going to score besides one trip to the red zone that ends in an interception two penalties for 25 yards for illinois and a note on devito here he's thrown for 300 plus yards now three times in his career but this is the first time since 2019 when he was at syracuse he is just one yard off a career high wow 330 is his best mark in a game against maryland back on uh, September 7th of 2019. So it's been a while from him. Had one other 300-yard game uh, right on the dot at 300 at NC State back in 2019 as well. So uh, almost a career day for DeVito right up there, up close to where he's his high mark is. All right, let's talk about this defense, and there's more we could certainly go on here. But for me, uh, it's, it's Tommy DeVito, and it's the defense. Look, you can't get better than the shutout. And Illinois dominated. I, th- I thought mm-hmm. defensively, especially especially up front, like they imposed their will. Uh, Gabe Akis, welcome. He's not giving up that spot anytime soon. No, That's your yeah. next three-year starter at outside linebacker. And, you know, Johnny Newton is playing himself into the NFL. He is so good, man. And we talked about before the season that, that the law firm of Newton and Randolph had a chance to go be playing on Sundays if they had a, a good year this year. And they are just living up to every expectation and, and any expectation we could have set for those guys. You know, they are just playing at a, at a different level. And, you know, and I get it. It's FCS offense, whatever. They plugged every hole against the mocks today they didn't give him a single inch there was one run where he their back broke free 
but they plugged everything in. And Akis on the outside, he gets another sack. I think it probably counted as a half sack with Seth Coleman, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but the way that they were able to hit the quarterback today, I brought up on the pregame show how they have evolved and gotten better at getting after the quarterback after the scary first six quarters, I would say, where it seemed like they got zero QB hurries. They got no sacks. And now they're just getting after the quarterback every play. So seeing that is such a positive sign. And it makes you think what that front seven is going to look like in the Big Ten this year. And I think it adds confidence only going to Wisconsin that you get a yeah. game like this from your defensive line. And between Seth Coleman, Gabe Ackes, and Johnny Newton, you throw in Keith Randolph in there, Bryce. And that is a formidable front that I think is going to compete very, very well against Big Ten opponents like Wisconsin, who's going to run the ball, and they're going to be a very, very good matchup you know, on the yeah. line. And think Wisconsin plays at Ohio State also on mm -hmm. Saturday. They're going to be coming off that. They're still going to be a confident bunch, regardless if they win or lose. But Illinois is riding high here for those four guys especially. And there was a time where I was watching from above when I was recording the game, and someone was rushing, and they – literally ran into the defensive line like it was like a brick wall and I was like dang like as they are tough to get through like it, and I was like I remember thinking that I was like wow like you're not getting past them but then obviously I mean Gabe Ackes what a beast I mean like you said he's not going anywhere anytime soon that guy just came out ready to play and he's like no this is gonna be my spot for now I also thought Seth Coleman had a really great game because I mean I thought he was kind of all over the place as well and obviously he helped with that sack but um Johnny Newton Keith Randolph Keith Randolph even had a slight interception it's the considered an interception. He did have an interception it's considered it yeah but he just uh, fumbled. <laughs> unfortunate <laughs> but that. yeah but I mean it's great to see I mean they're tough back there and then you have uh Sidney Brown um he got a sack and an interception if I'm right let me find his stats here but yeah he got a sack I think as well um and then I mean it's just Oliver Kwan got an interception it's just everywhere they're like gnats like and they have no time I mean Chattanooga's quarterback only threw for 49 yards I mean what's that say he had no time to throw the ball otherwise someone's in your face and you're getting hit so I mean which is similar to what we saw in Virginia where he had literally no time to do anything with the ball. So I think that's just showing you what this defense is capable of. Nine quarterback hurries in the game. They were all over. <laughs> yeah. I would consider him hurried more than nine times. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. That's what the official stats yeah. will add up to there. Uh, a bunch of sacks as well. And you mentioned Quan had the pick. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought Sydney was all over the field. His stats don't necessarily show it. Yeah. He had a pass breakup that I thought was really, really good. Um, and, and I feel like he has just been solid. And he's playing in the box. Yeah. I mean, he, he is essentially another linebacker for them when they play man coverage. He he is all over the field. Had a couple of uh, big hits as well. Quan mm -hmm. gets the pick. And the plays, to me, that really stood out, you mentioned that busted coverage. Quan, and I could see this from the press box, Quan blitzed, went around the tackle, yeah was behind the line yeah. of scrimmage and still made the tackle on the running back yeah. that saved the touchdown. I seriously thought it was going to be a touchdown. I was like, oh, Should chat's about to score. And I was like, watching it go. And then I just see Quan coming out of nowhere, dive and grab him by the foot and like pull him down. And I was like, 
where did you even come from? Yeah, his that reward was, awesome. was his reward was the interception. Was. And he and deserved the it. Drive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I was just in awe in a sense of of how much ground he yeah. made up that quickly. I mean, it was really that was great play impressive. By him. And he is playing himself into the NFL as well if he continues to make those types of plays. And then when you get the pick, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the important thing in that. And and that helped save uh, the shutout. The other play to me was the big fella, Keith Randolph, <laughs> big 88, gets the pick. It falls right to him. Uh. Seth Coleman had the strip. It's right there. Like, look what I found in my yeah. bread basket. <laughs> Keith Randolph picks it up. He's athletic, and he's a super athletic guy. He had D1 basketball offers. Uh, I think to Michigan State, too. Like, he was getting really heavily yeah. looked at for basketball. So he, he's an athletic dude, and he'll, he'll like to tell you that, too. <laughs> but the big fella let the ball get a little loose as he was running. He gets stripped, and his first reaction was just hands on his head, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God, what did I yeah. do? I thought it was – I mean, it's not hilarious, but, like – Now it is. It's just now like, it's like, so, they won, so yeah. they can, they can so, laugh about it. <laughs> I mean, if you have watched – for anyone listening at home, has watched any interview with Keith, he loves to talk, man. Oh, yeah. Keith loves to talk. So, <laughs> After that happened, I think we in the media knew, like, well, what do his teammates have to say about that? Because Keith is a talker. How is he going to take it from his teammates now? So we asked Isaiah, like, what do you think about the Keith uh, Keith fumble? I guess they're, they're roommates. And he's like, yeah, we're going to let him know about that for <laughs> about the last eight weeks of the season oh, here. Yeah. Uh, we, we asked Johnny, like, what do you think happened on that play, Johnny? And He's like, ah, his eyes just got too big. He thought he had the touchdown there. He like, was letting the ball out. Oh, chicken yeah. wing, yeah. like, you gotta suck that yeah. thing. I, I, hopefully he is available to media this week because I'd love to hear from him and his, his thoughts on that play. Maybe after letting it marinate for a little bit. After yeah, his he, teammates let it, oh, let it rip into him you too. Know he's going to get it. going to let him know about that, especially Johnny. Him and Johnny yeah. are really, really tight. Uh, but Johnny and Gabe both lead the team with eight tackles total Seth Coleman was six and the the stats there are what they should be for an FBS first FCS program a bunch of tackles for loss a bunch of sacks uh, interception couple interceptions in there like that's that's what it should be this is proving to be a legit defense Illinois came into this game ranked 15th in the country in scoring defense average is 10.7 points per game that's going to go down with the shutout like we'll see what happens after this weekend's games but we're looking at a potential top 10 defense here. Now, it's only going to get harder. Yeah, Get back to me in two or three weeks after they go through this gauntlet of at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. home against Iowa, and home against Minnesota. Is home against Iowa really a, a gauntlet, though? Uh, I do. Oh, man. <laughs> Defensively, the total in that yeah. game might be like 28. <laughs> It's 34 for this weekend. Iowa Rutgers. Unders in the 20s. Let's go. Yeah, right? Yikes. But we've said it. I think it's going to ring true for me that it's a do-what-you-should-do game. And for yep. so long, that hasn't been the case with Illinois. But Illini Nation should feel better about this. The team last year and Bielema's first year showed that they took some steps forward, and they're continuing to take those steps forward. Now you got to win the games like Indiana. Yep. They've had blowouts here. You you blow out Wyoming. Uh, you know, you, you lose at Indiana in a game that they were the better team, but that didn't mm-hmm. mean they got the win. Yep. You beat a team like Virginia, who you blew out last year. And it's interesting to me, Bryce, too. We keep hearing Brett Bielema talk about these revenge games. Yeah. 
like you get another chance mm -hmm. for the teams that they lost to last year that they competed with. Illinois is now a competitive program. I think it's fair enough to say that. Mm -hmm. uh, like we'll see Wisconsin after Wisconsin blew them out last year. Yeah. That's going to be a benchmark. We'll see where they're at there. But overall, I feel like Illinois is a competitive program, and I find it very curious that Bielema keeps telling us, hey, another revenge game, because that means that he's talking about it to his team too. Mm -hmm. And he made the comment too just about how like – when this team lost to Indiana, how that defense for Illinois had just had like a fire of like, we're not losing again. Like this is not going to happen again. So I wonder if that, you know, he brings up those revenge games, kind of brings that fire and that energy and like that kind of angriness of like, we're not going to lose again this year. So I feel like maybe he's trying to get that kind of like, I don't know, that kind of like anger onto the field of like, no, we're not going to lose. And then especially having such good wins here, a couple pretty nice wins here basically i mean you're getting confidence too on top of it so they had some shutouts now they have only you know virginia only scoring three i feel like it's just kind of all building up into kind of like a big game you know what, I mean? you know what i'm trying to say yeah. here they've allowed two touchdowns all year yeah through four games that's nuts guys like and that's yeah. not gonna hold against wisconsin they haven't allowed a touchdown at home they, they have held Wyoming and Virginia and uh, Chattanooga to nine points. Pretty impressive stuff. That's insane. Like They're you, raising the bar for sure. You should win those games, but to, to dominate them in the fashion that they did is way above and exceeding any of my expectations going into this year. And I feel like any normal down-to-earth fans' expectations were probably around the same as mine. They're exceeding all of them. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also find it found it funny. Uh, it was earlier this summer, maybe spring, when Bielema said, "I didn't come here to win five games." Yeah. Right. And I think they're they're building towards that. His expectation. I remember even after Penn State last year, when you know they went in nine overtimes and everyone's going crazy because they beat a top ten program and everything else. And and Bielema still even that moment was like, "Okay, like." He just expects to win because that's mm -hmm. literally minus a couple of seasons at Arkansas, all he's done. Mm -hmm. That's all he did at Wisconsin was win. And so, you know, he even mentioned like Chase Brown being the first guy to go over 100 yards in five straight games. Like for him, wait, what? Illinois has never done that? Like, how is that even possible? He even made the comment, you know? too, of like, he's like, yeah, I just expect Chase to get 100 yeah, exactly. yards every but game. But that's just, raising the bar. You know what I mean? He's like, I just expect him to do it. A thousand percent. And, and that just hasn't been the expectation at Illinois in a very long time. Uh, really, since Zook, you know, mm -hmm. in, in 2007 when he raised it up. Uh, they had back-to-back -back bowl wins and or uh, yeah, back-to-back -back bowl wins in 10 and 11. That was the first time in program history, guys, in 10 and 11, they'd won back-to-back -back bowl games. And like, think about it as 125 plus years of Illinois football, and they never won back to back bowl games. Pretty crazy stuff. But Bielema continues to raise that bar. Uh, anything else stand out to you about the game? Oh, let's see. Going back in, in my memory, I believe that uh, Illinois is now more like, according to the advanced stats, according to the nerds, Illinois is now more likely to win seven games than it is to win five games. And okay. if we think about – and that stat's coming from, again, front of the program, Robert. We already recorded the Sunday no-huddle, peek behind the curtain. So I'm, I'm taking stats that he brought up during our Thursday no-huddle that you'll see on Sunday. Uh, think about that. If we had thought coming into the season a bowl game would be – wow, that's a real, that was a really good year to yeah, that, go to, that was to, go the to bar. a bowl game. I mean, exactly. Fair, right? That was the bar. And to think that now 
expectations have raised very rapidly, very far. And, you know, it are things going to come crashing back down to earth against Wisconsin? Possibly. They could lose that game, 100%. I, I would guess that they lose that game. It's a tough game. Yeah. But in Madison, no doubt. They could win it. And if they're competitive in that game and they keep all of these defensive and offensive metrics up, they're going to be competitive all year, I think. And they could surprise some teams the same way that they did at the end of last year. Yeah, and I think, like we said, that's just the biggest thing for me. The bar has been raised to be competitive. Mm-hmm. you know. And this defense continues to show that that's the reason why Alina Nation can have some faith in this team and, and trust right now is because of this defense. I agree. I feel like it's the... If the defense continues playing like they're playing and then, you know, we're seeing the offense kind of work its way. Obviously, it was against a Chattanooga defense. They're, you know, they're not the most greatest team that Illinois is going to face this season. But, you know, if that starts working and these little parts just kind of start working together here a little bit and they then I think if they can play like how they were playing today and stuff, I think that they could possibly beat Wisconsin. It's going to be a hard game, but it's possible. Like you said, it's competitive. They could beat Iowa. They could beat these other teams. So I think it's just if they play the game that they can play, I think it could be an interesting season and an interesting outcome for Illinois. And they've got a chance to surprise. I think that's the thing. What do you think the spread is in that game? For Wisconsin? Yeah. Uh, I'll say Wisconsin about 13 and a half. Really? 13? But I I think – a lot of that will depend on how Wisconsin plays at Ohio State. So and a little bit to deter- be determined on that is: the, does the Wisconsin team that lost to Wazoo show up yeah. at home, or does a competitive Wisconsin team, uh, you know, go to Ohio State and, and able to hang around? So Wisconsin, it's a it's a night game in Columbus as well. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you lose a lot of Sunday. You're getting back early yep. on Sunday. Illinois has nine days to prepare for that game now. I, I think, think that's a huge advantage. I think that's going to play a really big role into what's going to happen in that game. Uh, and to finish up my thoughts on this game as well, I want to give a shout-out to GCMS grad Aiden Lawfrey making his Illinois debut. In this. A, a lot of freshmen did as well. Yeah. It's probably the last chance for a lot of these guys who are um, towards the bottom of the depth chart to get that chance this season. But uh, it was good to see them get out there in orange and blue. For Andy and Bryce, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for listening to the WCI 3-in-1 pod. We'll talk to you again soon. Andy will have the Sunday No Huddle on Sunday. Sunday. Imagine that. There we go. Hope you enjoyed the game. Illinois wins 31 to nothing.